hell do I shut this off? <laughs> there should be a stop recording. Oh, button. there it is. I just had to scroll down. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something like really inappropriate. <laughs> all right, see ya. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Wait a second. Children of all ages. Isn't this show rated explicit? If that doesn't sound right, we're going to be using a lot of adult no-no words. Ladies and gents, we're proud to present to you the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder, the issues, views, and opinions discussed in this podcast are those of the co-hosts and their guests and do not reflect those of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, and individuals discussed on the podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value, especially if there's any Blue Falcons listening in. Listener discretion is advised. If you don't like it, hit the big X and find something else. Otherwise, without further ado, here are your hosts, Turk and Swagger. Success in any fucking thing. Success requires obsession. I can't say it enough. You must be obsessed. But to obtain success, you must fucking be obsessed with that. There's no way around it. Yes, sir. That's right. The date is March 30th, 2022. And welcome back to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. I'm Turk, that guy on the other end of the microphone who's been fucked over more times than Jenna Jameson in a gangbang, a swagger. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Together, we're just a couple of guys spinning our gears. Swagger, normally I'd ask you how you're doing, but I can't. You know why? Why? Because we got to introduce our very first guest on this podcast ever. Let's go. Weighing in at 202 pounds, hailing from parts unknown. He's a former member of our former department. Now he works somewhere. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Sergeant Zeke. What's, What's going up? on? What's up, fellas? Not much. Dude, we are pumped to have you on the show. Thanks. Yeah, as you were pretty much the whole reason we even got to listen to these podcasts, and uh, you know, went down the went down the rabbit hole, which was great. We learned a lot. Yeah, have you on? Yeah, I'm I'm still a little hung up on the Jenna Jameson comparison here, Um, but yeah. (laughs) Well, that was for Swagger. That wasn't for you. (laughs) Well, I was was a big Tito Ortiz fan, so. That one hurt. That one hurt a little bit. What's new over there, Sergeant Zeke? Anything? Nothing, man. Just, you know, living life. Kind of engrossed in my my daughter's high school sports right now. And club volleyball is coming to an end and soccer starting up. So it's just uh, no no rest for the wicked. Yeah. Busy time, isn't it? It is. It is. Probably a little more organized than our, our four, five, and six-year-old soccer that's going on right now, though. <laughs> That's uh, real comparable to like trying to hurt cats. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like when uh, you got a group of guys fighting and you just hit them with mace. <laughs> just spread all over the place. What just happened? <laughs> oh, what well, about you, Swagger? What's going on with you? Not not much, man. Uh, obviously, we're we're kind of winding down this little illness that we had going household here, which is good again. Fuck that, but not a lot. So, what about you? You know, just. Preparing for that first day coming up with a new agency. It's coming up pretty quick, happening pretty fast. Pretty excited, but nervous at the same time. So getting ready to get uniforms on Friday. That should be fun. Listen to you. Dead dead to some and reborn to others. To <laughs> no, Resurrected I, I, from the grave. I did reach out. I think I told you maybe in the last yep. down there and gave them all this good advice for you. Yeah, I know. You said that, and I'm pretty sure it's just <laughs> going to be me getting fucked over. <laughs> I know no, some guys. I, know. I told them to look out for you. All right. <laughs> no, I know. I gotta. I gotta show up every day, prove myself, and keep those negative feelings at bay. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> it all that all starts with you, right? I mean, that's that's just yeah. It. It all yeah. You. you know, I think you missed it because we haven't released this episode yet. Uh, but we just got to keep telling ourselves that we're good enough. We're strong enough. Gosh, Gosh darn, darn it. it, people like us. People like us. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, sports world going on right now sergeant zeke who do you got in the uh, national championship of the basketball march madness final four uh i took i took iowa damn me too yeah. we are way out yeah that that ended real quick who, who do you have Actually, winning out of the teams that are left i don't know i mean you almost you almost gotta go duke don't you uh that's who i got i went with duke as well i think that the uh they're gonna come out for coach k's last time and and get right. the get the natty 
Right, right. So me and uh, oh. me and Turk have uh, the complete polar opposite that's left remaining. We got a uh, million dollar bet going right now. Make or break, I guess. No, no, we've got a one dollar bet going oh, right, right now right. for my dog. <laughs> well, anyway, so we we wanted to bring you on this show because you've been pretty pretty much an awesome leader to us growing up. Growing up, look at us like we're you know seven years old. He's eighty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, ironically, we just released our first leaders episode. We've got a couple episode buffer in between that that just hasn't been released yet. But the first leader episode was all about kind of the negative traits of bad leaders. And we wanted to cover an episode with good traits of good leaders. So we wanted to welcome you on. We know that you've got a lot of experience and a lot of stories to tell and probably a lot of traits that you want to bestow upon the world. Yeah. You know, first of all, I, I, the dose of chemo episode is by far my favorite episode that you guys have released. And I don't, you know, for various reasons. And I, I don't care if you worked at Burger King or you work at, you know, Wells Fargo or you're in law enforcement. I mean, those, those traits that y'all talked about are, are it, it's there no matter where you're at. I don't think there's a perfect leader by any, you know, by any means. There are definitely things that as a group people can work on together and, and, and make themselves better for sure. Yeah, that's been our, uh. I think in my opinion, our most reached out episode that we've released positive feedback that I've, I know I personally received on that episode from, from lots of people. Um, and they said exactly saying, um, that, you know, it really falls in line with any profession that you're in. <clears throat> yeah. You, you kind of know those, those people at your agencies that are, are those cancerous leaders. And we've had people reach out to us saying, I know exactly who that is. So it's like, yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, we've had a lot of good feedback. I think <clears throat> once we're done with this one, we might kind of we can stick around, I guess. We might cut you off. We're gonna we're gonna respond to all of the responses we've gotten from that episode. Uh, we've had a lot of good stuff. We've also had some some kind of, I guess I don't want to call it negative, but kind of bad stuff. I've had several people reach out to me and talk to me about how that episode kind of struck a nerve with their past experiences and how it literally made them physically sick, and they couldn't sit there and listen to the whole episode in one yeah. sitting. So. Yeah, we do want to we do want to address that later, but yeah, it's been it's been nuts. And that's that's just it. I mean, unless I don't I don't care if you go to you know some class on how to be a leader, or you go to multiple classes on how to be a leader, teaching it in class and then and then allowing it to happen is a, is a completely different thing. The biggest thing I think is just having an open mind and moving forward. But yeah, I, I agree that you know it's it's too bad that somebody had to get physically sick or, or whatever after listening to that. It's that's, that's sad. That's sad. Well, it was really weird because, you know, I got the first one saying that and I was, you know, I talked him through it and, but then I got another random person reach out to us and say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, like, kind of kicked me in the gut. Like, Holy crap. People are experiencing this the same way, but different experiences, which is, it just kind of shows what we're trying to accomplish here and just how bad of an issue it can be at times. I think the title too, you know, the, the dose of chemo and it's, you know, the cancerous leadership. I think that that really, um, to reach out to us, you know, from other agencies as well. Cause I've had people, you know, throughout the whole state, um, actually in the, in the, throughout the country, um, that I'm friends with reach out and say, you know, that they're experiencing these same things at their agency. And it's just the, the, you know, the issue with leadership and it's just, it's a, it's almost like a pandemic in itself of something that's just spread throughout within that we need to try to get rid of, you know, with, you know, the chemo side of it. So yeah, that episode's huge. And then, you know, obviously this episode, Sergeant Zeke on about positive leadership and, you know, kind of the, um, set yourself forward in that aspect to make the change for the is going to be a huge, a uh, huge hit as well. We, and we set the record straight too. I'm, I'm not a Sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> you are to us. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you know what's funny though? I mean, you know, I listen to you guys, you know, say that about me that, you know, the, the good things and the nice things. And I appreciate that a lot. You know, but the bottom line is, um, looking back at it, I probably did not take that promotion for the right reasons. It took a little bit of time to realize, you know, maybe the entire period of time that I was in that, that role, you know, I didn't take it for the right reasons. And I think that kind of piggyback on what you were just saying there, Swagger, is that, uh, 
you got to get that figured out. You got to take, you got to do the job for the right reason. And that's where I think the correction of the poor leadership comes in is to make sure we have people on board doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got that. I do have that listed for when we start diving into this for sure. Yeah. And, and I, you know, before we dive into all these traits, I think, I think swagger is a lot like me and just kind of covering the whole Sergeant Zeke thing. For me, if you earn my respect and you've got a title to your name, it doesn't matter whether you leave, you retire, you you resign, or you demote yourself, you're always going to be that position to me. So, like, you're going to continue to be Sergeant Zeke. I've got people out there that have been promoted that have retired, and they're always going to be Sergeant or Lieutenant or Corporal or whatever it is. So, No, I... <clears throat> We've, we've got two former captains that I still refer to as captain if I see them out on the street. So, I mean, and yeah. they haven't been in for a decade, you know, so. Yeah, it's no different I, than, you know, if, you know, if you go out, you've ever coached athletic. Yeah. And you run into one of the kids you've coached, you know, they still call you coach, you know, because yeah. that's yeah. what you were they to do. them. They do. You're so, right. Which is kind of a positive impact which on is their life. Kind of a trait of a good leader, if you if you ask me. Yes. Yep. So let's let's just dive into it then let's start let's do it let's start covering traits of good leaders and i think to get we got to get this one out of the way because it's the biggest one obviously a good leader needs to have sexual stamina because because <laughs> they're gonna have everyone trying to suck their asshole all day long and if they can't hold up then it's gonna be a disappointment to everyone so this is the comedian side of this one and... <laughs> oh man the ice breaker I mean, if yeah. you can't go four rounds in a day, just don't take the promotion. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you gotta have a sandwich in there at some point. Turk signing <laughs> off, folks. All right. Well, <laughs> oh man. No, what? What? Uh, Swagger. What's one of your first ones? Well, so I, I kind of have this as written down. Um, you know, a couple different things cover um, but the first thing is just kind of setting up the four pillars of positive leadership um, one of the things I have you know written down I think is probably one of the most important things is uh, the positive work environment you know you uh, you don't want to ever be working in a hostile environment you know bad mouthing your employees in front of their subordinates or their um, or their peers um, that right there would drive a, a wedge throughout the whole um, the whole process um, and you know the cohesive with cohesiveness within a unit so I, I wrote that one down first but i will you know kind of just follow suit on those ones with the positive relationship building positive communication and then obviously positive meaning in the workplace meaning like you know you're providing those training opportunities don't cancel training opportunities you know and uh and if you have to due to staffing levels or whatever make sure that those get rescheduled because a lot of times we've had those issues or other agencies as well where they can't training on somebody and they never reschedule it. So that person feels devalued, you know? So mm -hmm. those are just kind of the four pillars of positive leadership that I wrote down. Um, I'm, a little bit later in the episode, I'll go into the kind of the Marine Corps side of it with the Marine Corps leadership principles, but I want to let, you know, obviously you guys uh, talk. <laughs> That's a, the 11 of those is going to be a little bit. I'm not going to elaborate in detail on all those because that we could sit here all day, but I'm probably going to provide the link. Let me share <clears throat> this episode as to, uh, you know, Marine Corps leadership principles and traits so you can kind of you know browse at your own pleasure so. yeah I'm glad that I'm glad that you started off with the positive side especially after our first leaders episode being negative and we have to be positive if we're going to talk about good leaders and great leaders so but I think that ultimately you know if you start with the negative first right and you, you figure out you always want to finish on a positive you know if you're mm -hmm. if you're in a leadership role if you're you know gonna critique your employee you know if you have anything negative to say you're probably better off doing that and then yeah. coming and following up with the positive stuff because then it remotivates them. You know, that's what the Marine Corps does. The Marine Corps and boot camp, they break you down, you know, tear you down to nothing, tell you that everybody hates you. And then at the end of it, they make you feel like you're untouchable, right? That's why Marines come out the way they are. Do that intentionally for the purpose of you feeling so good about yourself that you have enough confidence to go out and lead your unit or so forth and just be that leader. One point to make, I think, is that a lot of these are going to be, quite frankly, the opposite of what we said in our first episode, like I have down one of my first ones is just being plain knowledgeable, knowing your agency's policies as well as case law and local law and being able to effectively push that out to the people below you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I, th I think, yeah, I think that's important too, but you know, along with that admitting when you don't know, <laughs> son you know? of a bitch, this is going to be a quick episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, go ahead. Keep going. You know, because I'll be honest, you know, that the, when I when I was put into that leadership sergeant role, I became very intelligent on things I had no clue about because you you, you were thrown into something and you had to you had to know an answer, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of it, you know, I, I would do the same thing. Well, I, I, I coach too. So I do the same thing I do with my players. Be like, well, you, you tell me what you think, you know? And they'd be like, yep, that sounds good. Let's go yeah. with that. And yeah. uh, so not only no, being knowledgeable, but having the, the knowledge to know when you don't know and having the courage to, to, to say that when you don't know. Yeah, I do. I have that one written down too, just because it shows it, one, it's how you learn, but two, it shows that you're humble and willing to adapt when needed. Right. I think one of the biggest bugaboos that I have is when you're talking to someone and you, you get into a debate and they just will not hear anything you have to say. They felt they were right going into it and they want to be right coming out of it. So there is no discussion in between. And I think a lot of the time you have people that will debate just to debate almost subconsciously. They don't even realize they're doing it, which is just a pain. You want to, you know, hit your head against the wall. Right, right. Yeah, they're almost like a contrarian type <clears throat> yeah. person. So I, no joke. I I've had, and this wasn't a leader. This was just a fellow officer. But we were all sitting around in a group one day, and this officer was debating on one side of a canine issue, and just fighting it tooth and nail. And then the next day, we had a conversation with a different group. I think they forgot that I was part of the first group. And they were debating the entire opposite side that they were debating the first day and fighting it tooth and nail and couldn't be said, it couldn't be told anything different. So, oh man, I can't stand those people. It's like stick to your guns. You know, if you're going to make a, make a point, you know, stay with that. Don't, don't, you know, don't veer off the path of, uh, of what you said the first day. So I, I think it was just arguing just for the argument's sake. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, I think the next one I had again, kind of an opposite of the first episode is, training to make people better and not just to look good. You want to build up those around you because it makes the environment of the police department and the community better all around. Uh, yeah, totally agree with that. Lots of times I think, you know, sometimes the trainings happen just to say that you did it. And just to say that you, you know, look at this, I've got the certificate on my wall and, you know, I, I looked at, I kept all my training certificates in a three ring binder and, I don't know, it's a couple of years ago, I was, I was adding up all the hours that are listed, you know, on these certificates. Now, this includes the academy two decades ago, but I mean, I was like almost a thousand hours of training. But I was like, but was it all quality? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, did, was it worth going to? Did, you know, did we really get anything out of it? Or did we do it just to say we sent an officer to this training, you know? Yeah, did you get the death by PowerPoint, or did you actually, you know, get the hands-on approach to, yeah, to it? Both. You know, <clears throat> both sometimes. But let's, let's take a look at that, right? You said almost a thousand hours of training. I'm not a math whiz, but let's just kind of break down average rate of pay. Say it's thirty bucks an hour. That's thirty grand right there. In a career that was paid to training, was it worth it? Was it good stuff? Was it quality, or was it just? getting that cheap piece of paper certificate, like you said, to put in your binder or put on a wall? I think it was, I mean, if I had to go back through and look at every single one of them, I'd say it's probably a 60, 40 on that. Sure. Um, where I think 60% of it might've been fluff, you know, that, that wasn't needed. I mean, I, I think a one in particular, it was biker gangs one oh one. you know, been um, in that class. Yep. You know, Just watch Sons of Anarchy. Right, right. That's what I did. And you know, I got more watching the Discovery Channel documentaries on Hell's Angels than I did, yes. you know, going through eight hours you know, training. But well, I think I think you and I went to that same training, not at the same time, but was it the one where they had like endless pictures and it was like repeated over and over again the same pictures? Yeah, was it yeah. in the town north of here? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But well it, it if you want to pay back the 60% that was all fluff, we'll take it and put it in our account. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, oh. no problem. A couple extra jobs, we'll get that taken care of. <laughs> Amazing. So, uh, Swagger, you said you wanted to circle back to you at the end, or do you have stuff to put in the middle here? Well, I, I, I more just kind of 11 principles that I just want to touch on. Okay. It'd probably be easier just to touch on them at the same time <clears throat> so there's no confusion. Okay. Um, so, but 
Uh, you know, I don't know what Sergeant Zeke wants to elaborate on. If I know picture out, he's got a bunch of notes and, uh, and wants to share with the, with the little listeners. Um, well, well, so I don't know. Well, you, you go ahead and touch on yours and then, you know what, then we'll just kind of <laughs> go through what I had written down here and kind of go. From All there. right. Sounds good. So, you know, one, obviously we have the, the Marine Corps side of this, the military side of this is, um, so a lot of people are going to know kind of what this is, but I may have sent this in an evaluation on the <laughs> section of it as where, you know, you put on your eval, what can I do as your supervisor to improve? So I may have sent these 11 leadership traits. I figured I would help out the cause, that, but anyway, basically I like that. A lot. Yeah. Well, you know, Hey, you got, I like uh, that because I didn't receive it, but no, it's not, it wasn't <laughs> you. It was not if I'd have been receiving it, I might not have liked it as much, but yeah, right. no. Which is, which is probably kind of why where I'm at, where I'm at. Okay. So number one is uh, be technically and tactically proficient. No one will follow a leader who is incompetent or unskilled. So obviously when I read these off, if you guys want to jump in and talk about them, feel free. Sure. But that one's pretty, pretty cut and dry. Number two is know yourself and seek self-improvement. Um, so, you know, under that it's, you know, you need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. I think we covered that five, 10 minutes ago in this episode. So pushing through number three, uh, know your, it says know your Marines, but you can obviously tweak this to just about anything um, and look out for their welfare. I think this is a big one. I think that Sergeant Zeke did a really good job with this one when he was uh, my supervisor. So, but it basically all it is, is leadership is about more than commanding troops. It's about taking care of them. Uh, yeah. I so, wish, I wish, I wish they could have done more on that. Sometimes people don't want to talk and I, and I get that. It's definitely one of those things now. I mean, again, looking back on it, I'm like, man, I wish I, I wish I would have done this different. I wish I would have done that different. And that's definitely one of them for sure. Well, but that it also has to be genuine and that takes time. True. Yes. The the friendships and the respect come over time. And hearing from a supervisor, well, is there something going on at home? Is, is everything okay at home? Like, fuck you, dude. I haven't talked to you about my family in six years. So it, yeah. it like, yeah, it just, it takes time to build that up. And you need to make sure as a leader, you're being genuine with that. I think you did a good job at that. And Others don't. <laughs> you know, Even that. A, I'm going to jump in just a little bit with one of the things notes I had on here. And there's a, I don't even know how I stumbled across it. It was on a guy on Instagram. He's a sergeant with the Los Angeles police department. And I started following him a few years ago. And one of the posts he had one day he talked about when he went to take his promotional exam and the question was asked, what type of leader do you want to be? And basically what he said was, I, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I won't be your parent. I cannot be your best friend, but I can be your big brother. And by big brother, you know, he, he doesn't mean big brother government. He means big brother. I'm going to keep tabs on you. I'm going to knock you around a little bit if you need to get knocked around to get straightened out, but I'm also here to protect you. And Absolutely. that's when I, when I read that, it really, hit me because I was like, wow, you know, I hadn't really thought of that before um, because I had a big brother that, you know, used to kick my ass all the time just because I was a little brother, but I also know that he would have stood up for me whenever I needed it. And and so like you just said, you know, watching out for the people and their welfare. And that's kind of the philosophy I took with that. What was his name on Instagram? Um, I knew you were going to make me do that. <laughs> We're all about the shout outs in this podcast. We want to make sure that credit is given where credit's due. Sure, for sure. His username on Instagram is uh, L A underscore five underscore O. So L A underscore five O. Five O. Okay. Okay. And he, you know, he's got a very interesting story, too. I mean, I'm, I'm, he overcame cancer, I think, twice, maybe three times, and he had a really rough go, but. You'd never know it looking at it. The dude's put together pretty well, but he's he's very outspoken on on topics that um, I think a lot of officers would be scared to speak out on. And and you know I, he just wants uh, the best for everybody as well. And so he he speaks out on a lot of stuff. But good stuff. I like listening to listening reading his posts. Good. Let's Going go here. We got yeah. What do you yep. want to, yeah. Okay. Uh, number keep your Marines informed. So basically if they are uninformed, they're unprepared for any tasks that they're assigned. Number five, set the example. Uh, people follow you because they like what you project and your moral principles. Um, you know, that one's pretty much self-explanatory. Ensure the task is 
understood, supervised, and accomplished, which means, you know, train your team for success by giving them a chance to develop. We, we touched base on this uh, earlier as well. Uh, train your Marines as a team, uh, develop between members and focus on teamwork to encourage dependability among fellow Marines officers. More. <clears throat> Make sound and timely decisions. For the benefit of yourself and your team, you must be able to make rational decisions quickly and efficiently. I think that one's a huge, uh, huge key to a leadership role. Uh, you don't want yeah, to be standing around with your thumb up your ass, you know, make nope, a decision, got, go with it. I've got that one written down too. And it's under making a decision right or wrong. It doesn't matter as long as you make that decision, you stick by it. And you're not that guy that has to go to the person above you for every little thing. Exactly. Yep. And I think you touched. I think you touched on that in dose of chemo too, or you know, um, not being able to make that decision. Yeah. And, um, yep. Yeah, for sure. All right. Number nine. Uh, develop a sense of responsibility in your subordinates. Just because you are the leader doesn't mean you should let people become dependent upon you. I know Sergeant Zeke uh, touched on that. You know, kind of asking them, you know, what they think we should do allows them to kind of, you know, get into that deep thought process of how they would handle it in the sergeant's situation. So, yeah, um, it's that, you know, it develops your skill set, obviously. Then seek responsibility and take responsibility for your actions. So basically, you know, accountability is an excellent, excellent way to ensure your fellow or if you follow your own rules as the team will be keen to learn from your personal conduct. You know, don't be the, you know, rules for uh, the not for me type, um, which we're currently seeing great. And then <laughs> shots. Um, and then the last one, employ your unit in accordance with its capabilities. This is the, you know, the limits and strengths. Use the knowledge to place them in situations where they are well suited for. Don't throw a rookie into a murder scene, you know, to, to hey, investigate that. Not going to do it properly. So, no. But at, this, at, this, at the same time, let them maybe train off of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. You know, was it? Swagger, was it you and I that got sent to that person that was shot and the directive was given, don't say or talk to anyone? Was that you? I I do remember a call like that and I do remember you being there. I don't know if it's the same one that we're talking about. Were we talking about like somebody shot themselves or were they shot? No, no. Shot? So, someone got shot by another person. I think I was the first or second on scene. And I thought maybe it was you was on scene too, but we, we ended up detaining the the suspect who was still there. Oh, yes, yes, it yeah. was, yeah. Yep, that was and you and I. We, we were told, do not talk to anyone, wait for the investigations to get here. So basically just sit in silence with this person. Don't, you know, don't train, don't learn, just sit. Yeah, there's a, and there's a time and a place for that. You know, in my situation, when I when that, that call that you're talking about happened, I was 100% a rookie. And you had, you know, several years on, and I felt like, you know, you would have been definitely capable of at least getting the general knowledge and knowing when to answer or ask those questions instead of, you know, violating any rights or anything like that. But they didn't even allow you or I to do so. I, I was just taken aback, you know, six, seven years on, whatever it was that I had, I, I couldn't work a shooting because I didn't have the training or experience to do so. And people at neighboring agencies are hammering these out all the time, doing very well. They're not investigators. They're not sergeants. So just just that lack of of involvement or kind of like you said, communication, that seemed to be a big one in all 11 of those traits was communication and, and passing along knowledge. Yeah. So, and <clears throat> you know, just to wrap up this little section here of this uh, episode for uh, the Marine Corps side of it. There's like 14 Marine Corps leadership traits as well that you can kind of dive into further. I'm not going to read those off for time purposes, but, um, but you know, like I said, I'll post the link so that way you can, you can dive into that a little deeper, but like basically um, those 11 traits and those 14 or principles and those 14 traits are almost physically beating into you at boot camp um, in the Marine Corps, which is what makes, you know, Marines, tick the way they do so um but it is the playbook that you know we live by kind of um so something to look at um if you're not busy and you're riding around and have nothing else to do um to help develop yourself as a leader i want to just touch on the one you were just talking about with the shooting and stuff i mean a lot of that boils down to trust i mean if if, if you're doing your job as management and leaders you need to trust these guys to do the job. And and it's one thing to go in if you've got a shooting and, and, and maybe the guy's, you know, been winged or took a couple hits or whatever, but, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a murder, you know, 
that's one thing, you know, investigate it, learn how to investigate it. Um, give them the traits and the knowledge and the skills that they need to be able to do that and let them run with it, you know, um, because chances are, unless it's, you know, a screw up with the Miranda warnings at the very beginning, they're going to get what they need. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to get it, you know, you could get an arrest, a conviction out of it. Maybe not. I don't know, but you got to trust them. You got to trust them to do the job. And you, and if you hold all the knowledge and you don't share that knowledge with others, what good is it? Right. That, that knowledge is useless. Well, and so, and that, so that directive came from a patrol supervisor and you know, bigger agencies, they have these opportunities to, to do this stuff, but For sure. smaller agency where we come from those opportunities. And I, I hate to call a shooting an opportunity, but it, there's right. so few and far between. How do right. you make yourself better if one day you're going to be a leader and you don't know how to handle it? How are you going to help other people handle it? And I can almost guarantee that that directive didn't come from him or her. It came from somebody above them. Um, or yeah, that in person another division was... at the same rank, you know, same rank potentially. I don't know. I maybe maybe not the directive was given pretty early we'll put it yeah. that way <clears throat> which is probably so, the play i mean that might have been like sergeant zeke is talking about that that might be the the process that was yeah. mentioned in like a staff meeting that if this occurs this is what we're going to do yeah um type thing but right. um, you know we weren't there for that obviously so we don't know but because the communication doesn't roll downhill like it should yeah <laughs> look it's all full circle Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of my next ones was uh, being firm, fair, and consistent. Yeah, yeah. So the, an example of this should be if you're getting paper on something, it shouldn't be a surprise. You should know where that leader is coming from, and that paper should almost be on you. You shouldn't be upset for, for getting written up for something as long as the leader was being firm and fair and consistent. You should be upset with yourself. Yeah. Yep. Lots to stay there. <laughs> so you got something on your mind. <laughs> um, first of all, when you're to hand out paper and to hand out discipline, I mean, let's let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> you can talk about it now or talk about it later, but <laughs> you know, I, looking back at it, I, you know, I I think that discipline is it, it's got to be it needs to be handled a little bit differently in the sense of are you really correcting the problem? when you hand out discipline and you're addressing the issue at hand, but are you really correcting the problem? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And how, how big of a deal is it? Now this is somewhat hypocritical in a sense, because I, I, one of my biggest mistakes and I will, I've talked to you guys about this. I, I know I've talked to one of the, you know, somebody that was involved one time, my biggest mistake that I still regret to this day was handing out, discipline to some employees because I didn't, it, it was uh, it was a quick knee jerk reaction and it looking back on it, it really wasn't needed. I mean, it really wasn't, it, it should have been handled the way it was initially and just let it go, you know, but I didn't know any better. You know, I, I, I knew what I was told and I knew what I was, what I'd grown up with, you know, within, within the agency. So I, you know, I, I look back on it and I just, it was a mistake, but are we handing that out? <sighs> Truly, why are we doing it? You know, I think it's too, I think it's too quick to act and hand out discipline sometimes, especially when it's just a simple mistake. You know? I mean, there's a lot to break down in that whole thing. One, I think, had you pushed back, where would you be right now? If you look at some of the things taking place right now Two would be it kind of goes back to our our sovereign citizens episode where we talked about ask tell make mm -hmm. i almost feel like discipline should kind of be like that right like mm -hmm. hey we ask you to do something we're telling you to do it now we're getting into the verbal written warnings then we're going to go into the to the actual paper discipline i think if you take those moments and turn them into coaching moments or teaching moments i think that you know as long as it's not something egregious sure think you can really do something with it but there again i mean that's the, the the firm fair and consistent part of that you know i mean is it are you you're being firm but are you being is, was the is it the discipline fair and are you being consistent across the board with yeah 
everybody and everything doing the same thing. But yeah, I mean, that's, I agree with what you're talking about, owning it, you know, and that, that if you get that discipline, I mean, you, you need to own it to a certain extent. Yeah, for sure. I think though, you also just hit a point where you talked about coaching and, and then the fact that we, we hand out discipline too quickly. If you're going to hand out discipline to someone, you should have, you should know why and be prepared to have that coachable moment. So when they push back, you can give them that coachable moment instead of you willy nilly off the cuff going and disciplining someone. And then they give you pushback and you go, Oh, uh, 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 you know, you have nothing to give them at that point. It makes you look weak and it doesn't help them at all. Well, and I, and I honestly think that lots of times it's handed that discipline's handed out because it's an easy out. Sure. It's an, it's an easy out because that, that manager or that leader or whatever their title is, doesn't know how to correct the problem. They don't know how to correct it. They don't know how to address it. And so the easy out for them is here's your discipline. Don't do it again. You sign it. The employee leaves because they're pissed off Mm -hmm. and you're done. You walk away. You're like, yep, here it is. You know, you put it in the file and you walk away and that's the end of it because you know that there's a really good chance that the employee is not going to come back and address it with you again. Yeah. And so I think it's an easy out and, but there again, that's the lack of, of teaching our leaders good leadership and management skills. Well, and I think, I think also on top of that, it's not just giving the actual discipline. It's the threat of discipline. Like if I hear gossip, I'm going to write you up. That, Yeah, that's going on a whole other road. <laughs> 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 yeah. Recant, recant. I'm out. <laughs> No, I, th- I think those are all good points, though. I really do. One of my next ones was a leader should do more than just act the part. And kind of covering that whole fake it till you make it thing, like we said in the negative episode, I think a, a good leader should make those underneath them want to bust through a wall, but also feel safe while doing that. And anytime there's questioning of the leader, it's more for clarification and not judgment or challenging. I've seen a lot of bad leaders when they make a decision the people underneath them are are really more trying to call them out than they are. Hey, why do we do it this way? Right. But sometimes, I mean, that's just one of those things too, though. I mean, sometimes you do have to to fake it till you make it, as you know, because you're in a position that you might not have been trained for, and now all of a sudden you're there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do what works. I mean, in all reality, you're not gonna you're not gonna do something that you you want to fail at. Nobody ever wants to actually fail at anything. Uh, right. lose at anything so so if you have to fake it till you make it that's what you're going to do but but a lot of times if you're faking it you know your subordinates can see right through that you know to an extent and you have to be prepared for that so at, over the course of time you know you got to develop yourself so even if you are faking it you got to find those skills on and use to your benefit um, while as you go throughout the the course of your career right and that's and that's really what we covered that first episode was the people that are faking it and continuing to do so and not pushing themselves to get better. And they're kind of, they're kind of hiding in the corner, hoping they don't get picked on instead of picking up the traits they need. Yeah. Or like we talked earlier, you know, a supervisor who should know what to do on a certain call doesn't. And it's, it's different between, you know, if you're asking your subordinate how, uh, how you should do something when you know, but if they're asking you how you should do something and it's because they don't know either, you know, that, that, that doesn't really make you a leader. That's, you know, you just faking until you make it. I guess that's the example that we're yeah. really providing. You, you really just fed into <laughs> um, my favorite docudrama in the world is Band of Brothers. I'm sure you both have yep. watched it and many people have. And there's a lot of things in that, that series that are, amazing and awesome and and everything but one of the lines from that that has stuck with me ever since i heard it is talking exactly what you were just talking about there which was uh it was sergeant lipton and he was talking about lieutenant dyke and he said lieutenant dyke wasn't a bad leader because he made bad decisions he was a bad leader because he made no decisions yeah and there is so much truth to that so much truth to that i want to i want to draw a specific example but i feel i'm afraid that if i do it will. It, I th- I'm afraid that if I do, it will directly single a person out that I think has a ton of potential. And I kind of told them this, so I, I'm just gonna 
plead the fifth at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it off air. <laughs> yeah, so I just totally talked myself into a corner. That's my bad. I think I'll just I'll, <laughs> I'll go on to the next one that I have, which is I think a good leader looks at the new people as an opportunity and not a burden. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. They can continue to have some of those old school tactics and training, but they should be able to mesh with today's officer and not just beat him into the ground. Kind of like you said with the Marines, you have to beat him down and build them back up. Yep. And I think the old school mentality was beat him down until you figured out who could make it. And there was no building back up. Yeah. They, they left you down there and, and you had to build yourself back up, you know, which is pretty hard to do you know, to get to a level that you thrive in, you know, if you've been beat down and never weren't built back up, you're going to be kind of stuck down there trying to pick up the pieces. So yeah, be able to, you know, relate with your newer officers. Um, obviously, you know, when, when, you know, Sergeant Zeke in law enforcement, not calling you old or anything. No, but you get, you get like an, even, you know, even me, you know, I see these newer officers coming in, uh, you know, 21, 22 years old. And, you know, you have yourself in the situation as how they were raised. You know, they weren't raised the same. You know, these kids aren't being raised the same. And as coaches, you know, we know that, you know, you have to treat kids differently to get the best out of them, which it's it's no knock on them. It's not really a knock on their parenting. It's just how they've been raised because that's what a them to. You know, it's a, it's a deeper, there's a deeper dive into that, that we all have to understand as leaders moving forward. So, but relating to them is, you know, something that everybody should be able to do in that role. And it ultimately just comes down to is making sure that you can provide them with the best service to develop their career, to train them, to replace you and later in life. Yeah. I like to use some of the old school tactics in the training program. To me, everyone was a rookie or a boot until they, they earn that trust, not so much the respect, but the trust. And I like to use sarcasm quite a bit, not as a, vindictive way but just kind of as a teachable way like Mm -hmm. when a kid runs a red light like hey we're not stopping for red lights anymore that type (laughs) of stuff kind of sticks with them and i I remember one kid he he made it past the fto program and i feel like we kind of developed a bit of a relationship but i think he knew when i was pissed because i'd i'd call him a boot again hey you're back to boot status but he would he would use that as okay i need to correct what i'm doing and get better and it seemed to work out for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've been rambling a whole bunch. You got any more there, Zeke? Yeah. You know what? I got, I got a few. I think, you know, first of all, traits of a good leader, you don't, you don't have to have a title to be a leader. Yep. Yep. You yep. know, I've said this about some guys that I've supervised that, you know, they were, they were my go-to guys in the shift. They had, you know, they were guys that I could trust and, and I didn't, didn't have to be a leader because they were being a leader without knowing it. And with that, that word trust is huge. Um, I had a, one of our dispatchers, I, I, I stole this from her because she had, she had mentioned this to me one time when I was talking about like my style of management or whatever it might've been. And, and she used this phrase and I have since taken it. And, and that is it, when it comes to the, to the people I supervise is that there was an unlevel, uh, unwritten level of trust that I had with all of those people. And basically, I didn't have to tell you that I trusted you. You knew that I trusted you. Just go do the job and don't, don't make me have to intervene. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of goes into with that dose of chemo episode with the micromanaging. I didn't have to micromanage. I didn't have to go to calls for service with people because there was, once again, that level of trust that I had in those people to get their job done. And until that was broken... I let them do their job. I didn't have to micromanage because lots of times I felt like if I, if I went to a call and, and, you know, there's two officers there and if I'd show up and they'd say, uh, well, Hey, Sarge, we got this, we got that. Okay. Deal with it. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to know what's going on, you know, unless I do. And don't get me wrong. Right. Yep. But you know, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to know. If it's, if it's something you need help with making a decision, yeah, for sure. But don't expect me to make the decision for you, you know? Wait a second. You charged a guy with rape and you didn't call me? <laughs> I, yeah, I had to correct that there. Um, but, 
it was just one of those things where if I just let people work and do their job, that things worked a lot easier. And, you know, I might go to a call and drive around the block or maybe jump on the radio and say, hey, I'm in the area if you need anything. But that doesn't mean I have to stand there and watch over your shoulder. And that's, you know, I had a, a newly appointed sergeant say to me one day, and they had they'd only been on or only been in that position for maybe a month or two. And they said, hey, how do we how do I know what calls to, to go on? <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, such and such goes to every single call. Yeah. And why don't you ask the officers how they feel about that? Right. You know, and it was just one of those things. I'm like, you'll, you'll know. But you just got to trust your guys to do the job and, and trust them to work. So. If you hear shots fired, you might want to go to that. Yeah, that might be one you want to go to for sure. For sure. Um, you know, y'all good over there? Do you need anything? <laughs> just another magazine. <laughs> Please, God, don't shoot. We know you can't hit anything. <laughs> Well, the old, the old joke, if you don't want to get shot by the police, zigzag when you run. <laughs> right? No, no, it's, you run straight. That's it. Yeah, run straight if you don't get shot by the police. Oh, man. No, I, I, that's just one of them. I, you know, the other thing, I, I, you really need to get promoted in, for the right reasons. You know, um, I think a lot of people sometimes get promoted because the, they live for that title. You know, and that, that title ends up defining who they are. Some people, I think, want to get in that position because they think it's less work. Because, let's face it, you know, as a commander, chances are you're not going to every single call for service. You're not taking, you know, reports and, and whatever else. But if you're doing it right, it should be more work. Yep. It, it really should. It should be more work if you're being a good leader. You have to make sure that everybody you know, that you're leading by example and you're doing all those things to, to make sure that those people are in the positions that they need to be in when the time comes from there to get promoted. So, well, Sergeant Zeke, I don't know if you know this, but I've, I've been monikered the redneck philosopher. I heard that. And, yeah. and I think I've got the perfect, uh, perfect way to summarize all that. Mm-hmm. And what I wrote down was don't take on a leadership position for the glory or the money. Because it brings on a responsibility that costs more than new patches and an extra cup of coffee each paycheck will bring. Sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, the week the week before I was offered a promotion, I was working an extra work job with another officer. And they asked me um, if I would ever take a promotion. And my answer, I'll never forget this. I, I'll, I can tell you off air who it was and where we were at and what we were doing. <laughs> and I looked at them and I was like, uh, are you kidding me? No way. I'm working Monday through Friday right now, you know, <laughs> eight to four weekends, nights and holidays off. Hell no. I'm not taking a promotion. Go work crappy shift or whatever. And then a week later it's offered to me and about three and a half hours after it was offered to me, I accepted it. And I still, I didn't take it for the right reasons. I really didn't. Um, but I, I, you know, I quickly found out that that, that position came with, with a lot of responsibility that I never, realized that I, I needed to take advantage of and that's that's kind of where I ended up where I was I didn't have you know kind of a little off topic but I didn't have I think the great leaders that were present in my life during the course of my career weren't always appreciated by the top administration yeah and because they because they weren't the the yes sirs no sirs yes ma'ams no ma'ams they were you know they, they did what they thought was the right thing to do. And that always isn't appreciated. I had more leadership of examples of what I did not want to become and what I never, ever wanted to be compared to. Yeah. And I think for the most part, except for, you know, there was, there was a couple incidents, but that was just, you know, truly just finding myself. And unfortunately it was at the expense of others sometimes was breaking that mold of not being like those people. And I think to this day, I mean, I think as a whole, I, I did that, you know, well, it's hard to make a, de- a good decision and, and look out for others when you're bent over a barrel yourself and you've yeah. got something inside of you that you don't want inside of you. <laughs> you say something or someone, what did you say? <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Circumstantial. You never really know. <laughs> Circumcised. You never may know. <laughs> Uh, okay. We, we wow. just lost. 
We just lost Sergeant Zeke. He just disconnected wow. for some reason. <laughs> I'm still trying to keep it a family show. That was gone episode two. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Well, yeah, I've I've got a I got a couple more here that I think kind of wrap things up. Uh, the first one being a good leader is someone who remembers where they came from. And yeah, that's that's what I got right here. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but this quote I saw the other day was I thought was pretty cool. But it was don't forget where you came from, but don't lose sight of where you're going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, for sure. I, I think those type of people they should be able to go work patrol tomorrow if their spot was eliminated. And not have any any issues flowing back into it. They should know the the us versus them problem that's currently going on in law enforcement, and not become the them. Make sure that they're they're looking themselves in the mirror every day, and not forgetting where they came from, not forgetting who they are and who they want to be, and stop being the them versus the us. This was the section where I wrote down that friendship and respect come over time. You shouldn't be worried about if people like you you should be worried about if you're disliked, which is kind of kind of ironic, but it swagger. I know that there was a incident you and I were involved in where someone kind of cornered you in the locker room and made the comment. I just, ah, God, I just, I don't know if Turk likes me or not. And that should not be your number one concern. You shouldn't give a fuck. If I like you, you should probably be a little concerned if I don't like you, because that means you're doing something wrong that you should try to fix. But, you should be concerned if I respect you or not. Right. I couldn't agree so. more. Yeah. yeah. I, I think in further to that, you got, you know, and the ideology there is, is that, you know, if you're in that role, you are not being a good leader. You're going to have these people who are going to jump ship. They're going to leave and they're going to go yeah. elsewhere to these greener pastures. And you're going to run out of people below you to the point where you're going to be back to pushing that beat. We've talked about it numerous times and it, it's a reality. And I think it's, I think a lot of law enforcement agencies are seeing this across the nation because they're now they're having to hire new people or get certified officers from other agents mm-hmm. bonuses or higher pay increases things like that because they the you know the other agencies are that they're coming from to these greener pastures are doing such a poor job of of retaining their officers through the positive leadership yeah well and i think i think like you said <laughs> it might come one day where you're no longer a leader and you're humping the you're humping the street yeah, we had a situation a couple three weeks ago, or I should keep prefacing this. I had a friend who had a situation a couple three weeks ago, <laughs> where a sergeant arrived on scene. To, he he discovered an accident on the highway. It was a slow, slow night. There was literally nothing going on, and he was on that call for about ten, fifteen minutes maybe. And the next thing you know, he's requesting another officer show up to take the report. I don't know if that was he didn't know how to take a report. I know he damn sure knows how to correct them when there there's issues or if it was just a I'm in charge and you're my subordinate type of thing. It, he he definitely couldn't complain about needing to be available to make supervisor decisions when it's a quick accident report right. that just just do it, right? Know where you came from. I'm not asking sergeants to go out there and take a million reports would be t- humping a million calls, but just every now and again show that you know what you're doing and show that you're willing to help out those around you instead of, Hey, you're my bitch. And my boot is on your throat. You're going to do what I tell you to. You know, I may or may not have had to uh, reach out to an officer the other night because I couldn't remember how some paperwork flow worked. Um, <laughs> you didn't you know, have a, you didn't have a flow chart to go off um, of. God, if only somebody had created a flow chart. Fuck. But, uh, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, but I'm, I'm not, putting myself on a pedestal but when i was in that sergeant position i i had no problems taking it an accident for somebody no problems at all because i know the officers didn't like doing it. it you know it was it was mundane it wasn't the exciting stuff it but it was still a necessary part of the job that had to be done and so you know like i had no problems doing that i mean but there again it's just watching out for your guys and and helping or, or gals and helping them out, you know, same thing with like eating, you know, I tried to make sure everybody ate before I went and ate on shift. Now, when people started bouncing around, you know, like one week they decided to eat at 6 PM and the next week they decided to eat at 7, 15 PM. Hey, I'm sorry, but come 7 30, I'm eating. I don't, I don't give a shit if you've eaten or not at yeah. that point. I'm not going to sit here and wait 90 minutes for you to make a decision every week. But 
I will make sure and do my best to make sure they all get the chance to eat first because they're the ones going to all those calls. They're the ones doing all that stuff where I'm not necessarily doing all that or, you know, it, it's just stuff like that. You got to watch out for them, but to go out, to be there at a call for 15 minutes and then be like, Oh yeah, you need to come over and take that report. That, come on. Yeah. It's yeah, been done already. Exactly. That report could have been done already. Yeah. Had he kicked it in the gear, it would have been done. He would have been clearing. And again, it's not so much it's not even so much that he was the first one there. It's just saying, Hey, I'm I'm still one of you, even though I'm in, in charge of you. Mm-hmm. It, same same flip of the coin when you've got a shift that's getting piss pounded all mm-hmm. shift long, and you've got one guy that's down ten reports and one guy that's down four. You got one guy that doesn't have any reports, and the sergeant doesn't know that for one. But then two, they go to a call and they're calling someone else to take the report for them. Just handle it, you know. And that's kind of like you know, guys would. Uh, I know there were some commanders years ago that would be like, "Hey, if you're going to go into trip to get a soda, you're you're in and you're out. You know, I don't want you standing there for 15, 20 minutes talking to the clerk or whatever it is." Well, my philosophy on that was a little bit different because, especially if you were one of the busier shifts, which is, you know what? You might not ever get that chance to stop in there again mm-hmm. for the next seven hours to get your soda or take a leak or whatever you need to do. I, if there's nothing going on, I don't care. You know, interact with the public, interact with the clerk, yeah. do your, do your job. That's that protect and serve thing. You know, right. that, that's more of the serve than it is to protect. There again, when you're called upon to do your job, I expect you to do your job. But in the meantime, yeah. Well, and that's the, that's that community oriented policing that the, the people of this country are asking for out of law enforcement is for you to get out of your car. Like things were back when you, you know, you know, foot patrolled um, and interact with people. The one, the one thing that hurt law enforcement over time, and this is from talking with people who have, you know, 30 plus years of service in law enforcement, you know, my family members that did foot patrol, like legitimately were on foot patrol when they first started off as a rookie. And the one thing that, hurt them was they got into a squat car and they drove around and that's that's all they yeah. did they didn't get yeah. out and interact with anybody so it's a it's a huge detriment community to not do that well hey we're we're a community oriented policing department unless it creates overtime right yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but on that rabbit hole real deep <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody's no, paycheck I, might get enlightened up though if you start paying a lot of oh <laughs> Seriously, I mean, that's, oh. that's going to come out of some, some, you know, the some bonuses, bonuses every year, you know, some, some <laughs> budgets some are getting shot. Performance, performance evaluation, plan. yeah. <laughs> that that 7% might go down to like, wait, what? You got oh 7%? Yeah, no, I didn't. You guys are getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my last one, and it's, it's kind of a barrage of things, but just being selfless and, and, not so much just to your department, to this career as a whole. I think this career is the, the best career in the fucking world. And you need to be selfless. It's not about you. It's about a, a broad group of people. Everything you do should be for the betterment of this career field, for your brothers and your sisters. And if you do that, it'll be the betterment of the community as well. Yes, I couldn't have said it better, man. Yeah, the, the, one, the one point I don't have crossed off mine is very similar, and that's just be humble. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's a it's a great job. We get paid. Take a, take a look at the other forty nine states. We get paid very well for what we do and mm-hmm. for where we're at. And you just got to be humble and, and understand that this is a great job. And fortunate to be in this job and in this profession is is negative as it's been in the last several years. I mean, it's still a good profession. There just has to be some changes. You know, there's got to be some changes somewhere. And I don't know if the three of us have the answer on how to make those changes. But I think there's a lot of people out there that if they work together, they could come up with those answers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's going to come from the collective effort of everybody in, in the, in the profession. And then also the, the members of the community as to what they want out of their law enforcement officers, what they want them to do, but and that you can't have your cake and eat it too. Obviously you got these, you got these things that you got to balance out within the budget. Otherwise your tax dollars are going to go skyrocket. So, um, you know, you have to kind of give and take a little bit here and there, you know, moving forward on your, on what you're asking of law enforcement to do and and what law enforcement's capability is to do the service they're able to provide. So, but, but leaders can't jump on board either for, okay, whatever, you know, what's great for Seattle, Washington, right. 
doesn't mean that's what's right in Podunk, Kentucky. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it's you, you have to, you you can't all just jump on the same narrative. There's right. got to, you know you you do have to to bend a little bit for what's right for your community and your area and your agency for sure. Yeah, I mean things are different from the agency that we used to work right versus the agencies that you know are are different. You know, even in the general area, things are just much different, and and every different agency over here. Um, because, you know, it's just the size, the, the manpower of the department, funding from the city, um, all these things kind of play into that. So, um, you know, you kind of have to understand the differences and it's okay that you're not doing things like, like you said, like Seattle, Washington, um, or the federal government, for example. And you have to understand that there's a municipality here that you kind of have to, uh, to adhere to. And, and not because it's, you know, it's different. It might not be right for us here versus Seattle, but definitely if, if that's the reason you're doing it great, but not for the other reason of that's because that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. That mentality is that's got to go. I mean, that's for sure. That's more detrimental. Than <clears throat> I think there's a lot of differences, but I think the one thing that can be universally the same, if you want to be, if you want to make this profession better and you want to be a better leader is you have to want to be the best I think C.T. Fletcher said it the best. He's like, if you want to be a pancake flipper, you got to be the best motherfucking pancake flipper there is. If you want to be the best, if you want to be a a grass cutter, you got to be the best grass cutting motherfucker there is. Don't, and I guess it kind of goes back to the taking it, taking on a leadership position for the right reasons, but don't take it on for money. Don't take it on for glory. Take it on because you want to be the best. Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better because, like I said, I didn't do it for the right reasons initially. But looking back on it, it was probably the best. It was the best career move I ever made. It was the most fun I ever had. I really enjoy it. And looking back on it too, you know, with the changes that I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have known then what I've known now and what I've read and and listened to and people I've listened to and try to apply that now because I think it would make that position that I held a lot different. Well, I, I think we're kind of wrapping up here. I don't. Do you have anything else, Zeke? No, I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I, like I said, I, I think that you guys have done a great job. You know, you're getting some stuff out there to people that might not have the answers on how to fix it. But I think the more people that listen and the more people that jump on board, you can all get together and, and maybe come up with an answer for sure. But I appreciate what you guys are doing for sure. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. Excited <laughs> to uh to release this episode for the positive leadership side of it and uh, another perspective, you know, obviously getting, getting you on here, who's been in a management role and uh, being able to discuss kind of, you know, the, the other side of that and bring it, you know, bring it all together for everybody is, is a huge success for obviously us, but then everybody as well. Well, thanks for lumping me into that category for starters. Like, you know, um, I think I told Turk at some point, I, had this conversation that you know i've gotten text messages i've gotten um uh recently a letter in the mail thanked me for what i did and for being you know a a positive leader and and whatever and you know i listened to i listened to some several podcasts and i listened to leaders and there's some guys that like you had mentioned earlier turk i mean i'd run through a brick wall for them i mean Mm -hmm. if they if they called me right now and says hey i need you to run through that wall as hard as you can i'd be like okay and i'd do it I don't ever, I never saw myself as that type of person and as that type of leader, but it, you know, I appreciate the fact that people uh, appreciated me for what I, for what I did with what I had and what I was able to do with what I had. So there you go. Do you have any suggestions for a couple of guys getting ready to be rookies again? Yeah, I'm not that far ahead of you. <laughs> okay. All right. Be, be humble. Be, be humble. humble. We can talk about that in another episode. But yeah, yeah. be humble, man. Yeah. Okay. Talk about it now. I... No. No, I don't. <laughs> I've got it written down though. So. Well, I, I. Good luck to you. I think you guys. You, know, you both got a lot of changes coming up, and you both will do really good. Just keep your heads up. Thank you. Yep. Gotta stay positive. Keep on Absolutely. being optimistic. That's all it comes down to. So, I like it. The moment you think that glass is half empty, you better start cracking another one and pouring one out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I hear. Do you have any other any other great words of wisdom? 
I got nothing else, man. Like, like always, you know, everybody stay safe out there and reach out to us if you need anything. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely willing to listen to you and, uh, and provide you the resources you may need uh, to get the answers that you, that you're asking if we don't know them. So. Absolutely. That, that uh, your mental health episode and, and stuff like that, for sure. Get that out there. That's the plans. We're, we're working on it. We're working on some other stuff off, off the podcast. Uh, just kind of extras to add to it. We're putting in putting in some hours trying to get it done. Just takes time. We hope you all understand that we've got families and obviously work responsibilities that we have to attend to as well. But we care about all of you and and you're on our minds. And we have a goal that we're shooting for and we're going to get there. So all I can say is, like Swagger said, stay safe and we'll get to this together. With being the best pancake flipping motherfucker. If you park fucking cars, you gotta be obsessed with being the best park car and motherfucker. Whatever the fuck you do, you cut grass and you're the best mowing motherfucker around. But you got to be obsessed with that. What does it mean to be obsessed? Dream that shit. Eat that shit. Sleep that shit.